Radio Universe. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. You got me mad now. You know, you got a bicycle. Feeling good. For all the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ride the bicycle in this arena. With my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. That's me. I don't know where the kid is that was riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Smile at you and kick your face off. I'm down with that. Kick your But I don't like it when things are going my way. Don't you dare be sour! Woo! He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling, right, he know that wrestling, bro. <laughs> give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land, and welcome to episode 257 of The Straight Shooters. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick McCone of Philly Voice and Philly Influencer. And we're joined by a special guest in the building tonight for a very special show here on episode 257. Ladies and gentlemen, the good brother Sawyer is back! Thank you, thank you for the introduction. It's good to be back, Vaughn, Nick. Great to, great to hear from you guys. Um, happy to be a special guest, happy to jump on this great episode. So, let's go. Speaking of great episodes, yes, we got another one ahead of us here tonight because it is, as Nick said on Twitter on our Straight Shooters account, he did that tweet. I didn't do it. Uh, so wait, <laughs> pulling wait, back wait. the curtain a little bit what, there. Was it a bad tweet? What? No, no, no. I'm just saying that <laughs> okay. I was giving you your credit and saying oh. that it's Hell in a Cell week Thank you. here on Straight Shooters and that we're going to discuss the greatest Hell in a Cell matches of all time, in bracket form. See, that's why there's three of us in this podcast today, so we can decide winners on these brackets, see? So I put together a whole bracket of the 16 best Hell in a Cell matches of all time. Yes, I know there are a lot more than 16 Hell in a Cell matches that have taken place in WWE, uh, but the majority of those are trash. Let's just be honest. <laughs> like, uh, they're very forgettable. But in the spirit, since you know Hell in a Cell is this weekend uh, in WWE, he said, "You know what? Let's talk about the 16 best. Let's whittle it down to 16 and get you know the best of the best in there. You know, so we're not going to talk about you know Ken on a Cell. You know, we're not going to talk about <laughs> Boss Man versus The Undertaker. Why waste time with those? You know, we know those are going to lose in the first round. Those are first round exits. Mm-hmm. So let's get the best of the best out there and create some real hard discussions. You know, some tough." You know, decisions will have to be made right off the jump, I think. So, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun here on this here episode. And I know you're probably like, where, where, where's the deep dives at? Where, I want a deep dive. Well, we're going to get back to those in a couple weeks. Next week, we're going to live commentate Halloween Havoc, NXT Halloween Havoc. We've been talking about it for weeks. The good brother Tommy Roan will be joining the three of us, Nick, myself, and Sawyer, as we live commentate Halloween Havoc. That's, that's next week, but in two weeks, I'm sure we'll get back to the deep dives. But in the meantime, if you have a request for a deep dive that you want us to cover, whether it's an actual wrestling show or some other type of wrestling-related content, whether it's a movie or a TV show, like Nick mentioned uh, on a prior episode, maybe you want us to talk about the Vader episode of Boy Meets World or King Kong Bundy on Married with Children, whatever the case may be, as long as it's wrestling-related, we'll deep dive on it, we'll talk about it, and if you want us... To talk about it, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash shooters radio, and subscribe to that content for the nominal fee of $2. That's all it is. It's two bucks. 
tougher than a two dollar steak. It costs two dollars. <laughs> this is easier than that. It's just go to patreon.com slash this radio, hit us up with your request, and we will for sure fulfill said request. Now, fellas, hell in a cell. I'll start with you, Sawyer. What comes to mind when you think about Hell in a Cell and what to you makes a great Hell in a Cell match? Uh, okay, so what comes to mind first, of course, is the uh, the vision of Foley falling off the cage. Right? And then also the sound of, it's gonna be Kane! Right? <laughs> Just because I remember that so vividly from the first Hell in a Cell and I it was it was the best, right? Because he came and ripped off the cage. He was a super strongest dude. But what makes a good Hell in a Cell to me is a, kind of a, a combination of brutality, right? Because usually when you do the Hell in a Cell, at least how I always understood it, it was usually a blow-off to a grudge match or something that was just so personal that we couldn't keep it in the ring. We had to put it in the cell, right? I, so the brutality and then also creativity, right? Because there's a lot of times you like, you know, I'm going to sound like a, a masochist right now, but it's like, you know, I see people get hit in the head with steel steps all the time. But let's see if we can do it, uh, you know, differently, you know, do a little flair panache to it. So that's what kind of put, sticks in my head when I think of Hell in a Cell. Those two things and then just kind of, you know, that brutality and the, the idea of just being a, a grudge match is something that can't be controlled by a regular ring. Nick, the good brother. I didn't do my check-in with you, by the way, Nick. How are you doing tonight, my good brother? Hey, game one of the World Series kicks off tonight, so I'm tuned into that all the way. Can't wait. Uh, it's the Rays and the Dodgers. Like, who really cares? But uh, <laughs> You I, care. My, my vested interest in, in this is uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays to walk away with, with the title just because I'm not a – I'm just sick and tired of the Dodgers being so good for the last 10-plus years. And you want not, them to lose another World Series? Yes, and, and not, and they haven't <laughs> even won a World Series. It just makes me mad uh, for some reason, even though Chase Utley went there, even though Jimmy Rollins went there. That's what a lot of people uh, locally are kind of like, oh, I'm rooting for the Dodgers because, you know, Chase went there and Jimmy went there. I, don't there give a, I know. I don't give a rat's ass what, what, <laughs> what happened with them and the Dodgers. So go race. That's my... Uh, that's my vested interest in, in that. I actually wanted the Braves to beat the Dodgers. So I kind of got – they blew a 3-1 three, three to one lead. How about that? That's rough. Falcons. And what's funny is uh, just when we co- covered Buried Alive last week, I had mentioned that the Cardinals blew a 3-1 to one lead to the Braves that month in October 1996. So now you just have the Braves blowing a 3-1 to one lead. <laughs> Jeez. Full circle. Yes, it is. So, what what makes a good Hell in a Cell match to you there, Nick? You know what's interesting? I honestly think everything that happens before the Hell in a Cell match makes... Stole my uh, answer. Ah, ha, ha. Stole my answer. We did not even talk but about I agree. this, by the way. Off the air, we did not talk about this particular conversation. Uh, the Hell in a Cell is supposed to be the final match of a feud. It's supposed to be the blow-off. It's supposed to answer all the questions we have that in a pro wrestling feud... Uh, which feels like it doesn't very much matter nowadays uh, when watching wrestling, but uh, even in AEW, you know, like we, we haven't really seen, uh, we've seen storylines that have culminated, but I just think it it was done so much better back in the day. And far be it for me to be like back in my day. Like I, I 
don't ever want to come across as that type of person. But, you know, to give credence to what Sawyer said, I think every, like, growing up in that era, you know, was the best use of the Hell in a Cell concept. And right now, it's not just that it's a pay-per-view. It's that the cage is red. It's that everything is not brutal anymore. Like, and I understand, like, they moved to a different, you know, rating or whatever in 2008. But even before that, it just wasn't the same. You know, the, the 97, 98, 99, 2000, those were, like, the great years. And even maybe up to 2005, uh, as we'll go through this, this bracket, um, you know, th- there were some really great matches, but, you know, since then there's maybe been one or two. So, uh, I think, and I don't know if that particularly has anything to do with, oh, we've ru- it's run its course. I just think the, the writing and, and everything that happens before a hell in a cell match just doesn't, have that much importance anymore and so for me though what made a great hell in a cell match especially back then uh was everything that led up to it yeah i i totally agree with that sentiment right there as far as what makes it great is like you said everything that leads into it because you got to have that feeling like this is a blood feud that these two people this is the only way that they can settle it and, you, and, and this is the payoff. So everything else before it had to be warranted to get to this point. And like this is this is the finale. This is the, this is the climax. Uh, not the raging climax like WrestleMania 15. But like this is <laughs> the, the final chapter. <laughs> we, we talked about that in the, in the past episode of uh, Straight Shooters. Deep dive on the WrestleMania rage party. Um, but like you said. You know that blood feud, that you know that anger and that heat, and, and it actually it kind of it it's the same thing with a lot of matches. Honestly, it's really what happens leading into the match that makes the match itself before the even the people even touch exciting. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to talk to people into the building, and hell, in a sudden, not necessarily talking people into the building is you know a lot of storytelling, a lot of action, and, and, and you know anger and and you know vitriol. You know, you know, however you want to phrase it, uh, leading into it. But it, so that that's important. That's a very important part because if a match is not warranted of being a hell in a cell, I don't. Nothing that happens inside the match has it doesn't carry the same weight. You know what I'm saying? It 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 it's not the gravity just isn't as there as it would be if the story warranted it. You know, where then you have the match itself. What makes a match itself great is to me is that it doesn't resemble really a wrestling match. It's a fight. Right. It's personal. Mm-hmm. We're not starting out with wrestles. We're not starting out with headlocks and and a, and a, and a, a collar elbow tie up or nothing like that. No, this is a fight from the very beginning. There's no downtime. None of that. Let's get let's get after it. And, and you can feel the the heat. You know the figurative heat, not necessarily not the literal <laughs> heat, but the figurative heat. Obviously, not the SummerSlam tagline heat. No, 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 not that one. That was not '95. It was probably a bunch of them, honestly. <laughs> that was probably awful too. Um, awful event, I should say. But the tension, I should say. Maybe you feel the tension between, you know, filling up the arena during the match. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of stake. There's a lot of pride at stake, and maybe a championship at stake too. But yeah, so, so it's not nothing. You don't need to necessarily have it. It's not a technical masterpiece type of thing. These matches aren't supposed to be five star. I mean, some of them are five star classics. I'm gonna lie, but 
It's not meant to be a technical masterpiece. This is a fight. This is two people who don't like each other. And how do that? How does that get handled in real life? They're punching each other. They're kicking each other. There's no respect. There's no decorum. It's on. We're tearing each other's eyeballs out. It, it's happening. You know what I'm saying? There's no no decorum at all. <laughs> and that's what, to me, makes a great Hell in a Cell match. Now, that doesn't mean somebody has to fly off the top of the cell. Uh, and I don't know if... I mean, I think blood helps it, especially if it only happens at Hell in a Cell. But maybe, you know, I don't know if it's required or not. I think I probably prefer it. Uh, but... Something something has to happen inside of Hell in a Cell that you don't see normally. And if I feel like I could have watched this match without the cage and the same exact match could have played out, then I think that's an abject failure, in my opinion. So, the 16 matches we have listed here, I think, fit what we think are great Hell in a Cell matches. But we got to pick the one, you know, that actually is the one of all. The best of the best, so to speak. And I know it's on this list. It has to be. <clears throat> so, with these 16 matches, we think all of these matches here fit kind of that criteria in different ways, but it's up to us here to decide the best of the best. The one of one. Right? The one match to rule them all, so to speak. That's a Lord of the Rings reference. That's kind of weird. And it doesn't one... fit, but... <laughs> But just roll with it, and we'll be all right. So, like I said, I've gone through 16 of these. I've posted 16 of these in the bracket. Sorry, I'm not sure if you've seen the bracket or not, I but it's okay. Bracket, sir. Okay, good, good, good. Fantastic. Uh, so, we'll go through this. I'm going to start in the top left. The Northwest region. I guess. <laughs> I didn't live from Seattle. <laughs> In Key Arena. I didn't name the regions, but you know, we'll get there. We'll, we'll sounds, it sounds set up. But there's there up. are four regions. Sixteen, you know, overall, but four regions, four per region. I did seed these. So we're gonna start off with the number one seed in this particular region. Uh the first hell in a cell. Why not start off with the first one ever? Yeah. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker from Bad Blood, 1997, up against Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. That was, what, 20... When did that happen? 2019? Yes. I yes. Um, yep, 2019. 2019. I'm, these, these Hell in the Cells run together nowadays because there's so oh, many. They absolutely do. So, Nick, I'm going to start with you. Mm-hmm. Which one are you choosing? Oh, it was a toughie. <laughs> uh, uh, I think there's literally no, I don't want to say literally no match that compares, but it, at least for this one, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels definitely over Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Um God, you talk about a Hell in a Cell match that has everything. Uh, that first one, you know, that's going to be hard to top. Uh, you know, especially with Kane ripping the door off its hinges. Damn, that was <laughs> awesome. Sorry, Becky Lynch and Sasha. Uh, you did not. Can't compare to the first one. <laughs> Sawyer? Uh, I will concur with Nick. You cannot compare it to the first one. Uh, even the way it ended. Uh, so, Becky... 
she tapped her out, right, just to disarm her, which we've seen overall, whereas, like, HBK <laughs> had to be carried out by Triple H in China. And, you know, it kind of set that whole scene. So, yeah, the first one, uh, Undertaker, HBK, on to the second round. It is unanimous. HBK, Shawn Michaels, the very first Hell in a Cell. We'll move on. But we got to give some respect to Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. Uh, that was a great Hell in a Cell. That's probably the best Hell in a Cell match of that. That was definitely the, was the best Hell in a Cell match of that particular show. Uh, definitely wasn't Seth Rollins and The Fiend. <laughs> so, because um, that was big trash. Um, but yeah, that was a very good match. Uh, I, think, I would say the two women's Hell in a Cell matches so far have been very good. And they both have Sasha Banks in them, so yeah, that's no surprise at all. Uh, moving down in this region, we have the number two seed, Undertaker versus Edge from SummerSlam 2008, going up against the other women's Hell in a Cell match that's taking place. I don't, this wasn't really a, uh, this wasn't on purpose that I put them both in the same region, uh, but it just happened that way. Just the way it shook out, all right? <laughs> uh, but Charlotte versus Sasha Banks from Hell in a Cell. 2016. Sawyer, who you got? Uh, so, I, if I remember, so we talked about the opening and what led up to it, right? So, this is what Edge cheated on Vicky, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Edge cheated on Vicky. Um, and then I remember the other part about the match was the fact that not only did he throw Edge under the ring, but then he was engulfed in the flames of hell, and then I think he showed up on the SmackDown next week. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? They sent him straight to hell. A flame shot up. And then he was back next week. So I don't know if it was that go. soon. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, they held him up to like Survivor Series. Because I think he was like legit banged up or something like that. But if he did show up next week, that, that, that that's a possibility. <laughs> Vitamin C. I'm telling you. Um, I'm going to go with Undertaker. And I remember the Charlotte and Sasha was kind of brutal because they kept throwing... I, th- I think Sasha kept getting thrown on the table and the tables didn't break. I remember that. Mm. But I'm still going to go with the Undertaker edge on this one. Nick? Yeah. I, I thought it was a great idea to put Charlotte and Sasha in the Hell in a Cell. I was very... Uh, we were doing this podcast at the time and I, I remember being all about it. I remember wanting it to be an event and everything and I believe it did. Um, but... Undertaker Edge, man, they had a great feud back then. And, uh, you know, those are the types of matches that Undertaker excels in. And uh, I'll go with Undertaker and Edge. Well, my vote doesn't necessarily matter. So, but I'll cast it for Sasha and Charlotte anyway. Uh, it was a historic match. Uh, I think that Undertaker and Edge was probably objectively better. Um, and like I said, the story going in with Edge cheating on Vicky, her getting her revenge by putting him in Hell in a Cell against The Undertaker, and that was kind of like the blow-off to that feud, uh, which was like a long feud, by the way, um, through like late 07 into 08. Um, but, and the great ending with, you say like going through the ring, Flames coming out, then showing up on SmackDown days later, maybe. Um, <laughs> well, at least, you know, he didn't die. <laughs> you know, we know that much. Even though he probably should have in reality, but he didn't. But I think Charlotte and Sasha were significant from the standpoint that it was the first women's Hell in a Cell. It was the main event, too, of that show. It went on last. Uh, so this is when, you know, obviously WWE can be a little nauseating and how, like, we're, look how much we've done for women and the women's revolution, except when yeah. only Ronda Rousey's around and all that stuff. But uh, this is pre-Ronda Rousey, and they were really, you know, pushing the women to the forefront, and this was, this was a uh, big deal uh as far as you know history and all that so 
uh, I will definitely tip the cap to this match as well. Uh, the match itself was good. Uh, it was one of, the, I think, again, one of the 16 best uh, in the three seed in this region. But um, Undertaker and Edge was a pretty dope Hell in a Cell match. So it's not a bad uh, choice at all to advance to the next round. Now let's move on to the next region here. We're the number one seed in this region. Moving down the bracket here. Well, before we get into this, actually, Nick, you said you had some honorable mentions. Is that true? Uh, yeah, and I, I remember we talked a little about it uh, last week. The, the funny thing is with the 2011 Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, you had John Cena versus CM Punk versus Alberto Del Rio for the title. I believe CM Punk was the champion going into it. Uh, you had... No, I think Del Rio was the champion going into that. CM Punk won it that night. No. Oh, was this, was hell, this is the Hell in a Cell match. No, yeah, you yeah, might yeah. probably right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, you're right. He won it back at Survivor Series. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So Jim Ross was on commentary, and I remember not watching this live, and Twitter started lighting up. You know, and this was like in the first couple, few years of Twitter to where, you know, it was like you live tweet, you know, TV shows or sporting events or something like that. And I wasn't really... Uh, you know, following it that closely yet. I wasn't on Twitter. As, uh, I, the world wasn't on Twitter the way it is now. So I remember everybody freaking out at the ending of that match um, and going like, this is awesome. Oh, my God. Like, it's crazy. And so I remember watching it uh, later on. And the, the match was, was okay. The match itself was okay. But the ending and, and the angle afterwards is what made it for me. So I had... You know, reached out to Vaughn. I was like, does this belong in the bracket? And I was like, uh, we kind of decided, uh, let's have some honorable mentions. So that ending was hilarious, by the way. The Either referee or cameraman took a bump, and they opened the cage. John Cena, being John Cena, just made sure he was okay. He stepped out of the cage, and Del Rio locked him out of the cage. It was hilarious. So John Cena could not get back into Hell in a Cell. So it was basically just Del Rio versus CM Punk. And, uh, you know, CM Punk wound up getting pinned by Del Rio. Uh, and then after that, the, the cell started to rise a little bit. Uh, Cena had already, you know, jumped in when the cell started to rise. Then he had the Miz and R-Truth when they were, we were oh, yeah. in this era of Triple H being the COO or something. And uh, he fired the Miz and R-Truth and they came back and they destroyed everybody in the cell. Cena, Del Rio, Punk, the cell went back down so nobody could get into it. So then you had like wrestlers coming down trying to get in. I thought it was an awesome visual. It was before it was completely overdone by WWE where it was like the wrestlers would come out and save a pull-apart bra or whatever like that. It was like the wrestlers were trying to save Cena, Punk, Del Rio. They were trying to get to Miz and R-Truth who, who in storyline were not employees in WWE. And they were, like, beating people with lead pipes. They were beating the cameramen with lead pipes. Jim Ross was going nuts saying that, you know, how, what the hell's wrong with you guys? Stuff like that. And that was one of my favorite Hell in a Cell moments. Uh, not a great match, but a favorite moment of mine. Yeah, I don't remember that match at all, but I definitely remember that angle at the end. The match itself was like, whatever. <laughs> but, I, I think Jim Ross absolutely helped that. He was like, "What's wrong with you guys? Somebody get out of here!" And it took them forever to, you know, get the bolt cutters and Triple H attacked right. both of them. <laughs> they went off the air. That was like them holding like Triple Dusty H back. was stuck in a cage with the Horsemen, yeah. and people were going crazy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was like great. they did it. Can't great. get out. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that. That was dope, though. One of the very few uh, twenty. One of the very few bright spots of twenty eleven. <laughs> and it, yeah, they did get arrested. Yeah, I, I remember when, as soon as they, the police came out. All I remember yeah, was and they, they put their arms up to the ground and putting his hands up. They got their knees, <laughs> got on their knees, put their hands up. Like they, our troop was like, "Look, bro, this ain't this might be an angle, but I know what to do." <laughs> I am not resisting. <laughs> Look, I ain't playing. Look, this is real. Because people, if I don't drop down, people will know this is fake. Because <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> in reality, we ain't doing nothing else when the cops show up. Uh, let's save another uh, honorable mention there until after we finish this next region there, Nick. I don't know how many you got, but we'll, we'll, nah, we'll get to not, them all. Not, obviously. not too many. <laughs> okay, we'll get to them all. We'll get to them. All right. So back to one that's to, to the ones that are already in this bracket. Uh, number one seed, Triple H versus Cactus Jack from No Way Out 2000. Going up against Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon from Hell in a Cell 2017. Yeah, I believe so. Yes, yes 2017. I don't know why I guessed on that. <laughs> 2017. I will start this one off. And I'm going with Cactus Jack and Triple H. Uh, the angle going in was fantastic with Triple H and Cactus Jack. For like three years in a row, Mick Foley made a guy look great on his way to being like the top guy. So 98 into 99, it was The Rock. And 99 into 2000, it was Triple H. And he did it brilliantly both times. Yeah, he probably took <laughs> uh, some hella bumps on the way. But... He did his job, and he did it here with Triple H, and this was like the retirement angle, and he switched to Cactus Jack because that was like, you know, the crazy side of him because, you know, three faces of Foley, and despite all that, he couldn't get it done, and Cactus, Mick Foley, Mankind, whatever you want to call him, had to retire, only to wrestle a month later at WrestleMania, but (laughs) that ain't the point. This match, though, and their match at the Royal Rumble the month prior were fantastic. Both of these matches were great. But this Hell in a Cell was great as well. 100%. I agree with you. I'm going Triple H Cactus. Uh, Kevin Owens and Shane, I guess the angle going into it wasn't too bad. Uh, but yeah, that, you know, Shane McMahon Hell in a Cell matches are for one thing and one thing only, which <laughs> completely yep. ruins it. So Triple H and Cactus had the better story, uh, had the better moments, had the emotion behind it. Uh, it was a rematch from Royal Rumble, which was a street fight. Uh, definitely everything about Triple H and Cactus uh, was great in, in early no- 2000, late 99, whatever. And uh, that Hell in a Cell match was one of the best. What say you, Sawyer? I mean, it's well, over I, now, but... Yeah, it's over. I'm gonna, so I will say this. The one thing I did like about the Owens McMahon... So, Triple H, Cactus Jack, yes, is going to win this one. Um, the Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon, other than the bump, was Zayn's reasoning for why he came out there and reunited with Owens. Which made perfect sense, right? Because again, I'm a I'm a Sammy I'm a Sammy Zayn fan, so I like to see that. Although this match Triple H blows this out of water, I still feel like that Zayn at the end was a better angle post Hell in the Cell than it was pre. You know, if that makes any sense. That makes perfect sense. I think that, yeah. like you said, that story with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon was very good. That was probably yeah. the best thing on SmackDown heading into Hell in a Cell. It's probably the only match that warranted being in Hell in a Cell that year. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, I can look at the, the the rest of the matches in there. Roman Reigns versus Rusev. No, that was 2016. I take that back. So 
2017. Oh, the Usos versus <laughs> New Day. We'll talk about that. <laughs> and uh, it looks like that was it. I guess it was only two matches that year. But uh, no, Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy was also in Hell in a Cell. That was 2018. I'm sorry. I'm messing all up here. Um, but regardless, the story going in with Kevin Owens beating up Vince McMahon with the headbutt and he hit him with the uh, like a like a senton or a swanton from the top rope or something like that or frog splash. That's what it was. Adam Pearce and... didn't move out the way. Remember we talked about that on the show. <laughs> yeah, he, he was did. like, "Don't do it." Uh oh. I'm not getting in the way of this (laughs) and he did not he moved he got out the way but um and then like you said the Sami Zayn thing that was the beginning of the Sami Zayn heel turn which three years later was still in I don't know you know it it helps that Sami was off TV for a long time because of the pandemic but he's been a heel ever since (laughs) this this night in in 2017 but uh, despite how good it was, uh, and probably the best thing going, probably in WWE at that point, uh, maybe not, not, it's also Uso's New Day, again, which we will talk about, uh, but yeah, it was really, it's very good, but it wasn't better than Cactus Jack and Triple H back in 2000, that was a fantastic match, so, Cactus and Hunter, moving on, <laughs> to the next round, the bottom part of this bracket, the number two seed, we go to The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar from Unforgiven 2000. Now, we got to make a distinction because there is the other Lesnar-Taker Hell in a Cell match, which is in this bracket. Spoiler. Um, but this one this is the first one they had back in 2002. That match is going up against the three seed, The Usos versus The New Day, Hell in a Cell 2017. Nick. I shall start uh, with you. I think this is a tough one, in my uh, opinion. You said it, man. This is the toughest one so far that we've had. Uh, Usos and New Day was a great rivalry. They've had great tag matches. We even saw it at Battleground that year. Uh, you know, I think it was the first match of the night. Uh, great match. The best match on that card. Uh, Undertaker, Brock Lesnar in 2002. Uh, Brock's ascent. Undertaker, Pretty good opponent for him after he won the title. Uh, this was like the American Badass Undertaker still. Uh, you know, it, it was the toughest one, but in terms of sheer, like, what Hell in a Cell means, uh, I believe uh, I'm going to go with Undertaker Lesnar here. Ooh, I'm going to go because I know I got to – I'm going to go with Uso's New Day. Oh, uh, I'm leave the Sawyer to make the deciding vote here, but oh, Uso's pressure. New Day – yeah, it's pressure, but Usos New Day was the first ever tag team, or at least the first ever Hell in a Cell for the tag titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the first ever tag team Hell in a Cell. Uh, these were for, the, I believe, the SmackDown tag team titles, yeah. Um, but they got creative in there with the different weapons. They did a, the most I think they could do, given the PG rating that they are hampered with by WWE now. They couldn't, there's no blood, there's not a lot of, you know, they... There's not. There's only but so much they could do. And I think they did a ton with it. Uh, whereas taking Lesnar, they could do pretty much whatever they wanted. And as much as it was a great match, don't get me wrong, Taker and Lesnar, Unforgiven, fantastic. The whole thing with Undertaker's hand and the cast and that story and all that. And I think Paul Heyman was bleeding by the end of it. It was wild. But I think the Usos in the new in New Day had to get very creative in what they did, and I think they accomplished it in spades. So I'm going with the Usos and New Day. That was the 
culmination of probably the best feud of 2017 too. They had some classics in 2017, and what this was the by I think their best match by far. So I'm going Usos New Day. So Sawyer, it's up to you. Who you got? All right, Nick, I love you. Oh Another no! Like a brother from the step, oh, man. That's that's like a knife. That's like a knife to the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Douglas just walked in your office. But listen, uh, I'm gonna have to go with Usos and New Day. So historically, I think you could look at Undertaker Lesnar as like the culmination, right? Because he beat Hogan, right? Remember, he beat the piss out of Hogan, and then he beat the Rock for the belt. And then he beat Undertaker. Undertaker had the cast on. I remember Paul kept screaming outside the ring, right? But I remember the Usos New Day for two things. Number one, when he had when they used the kendo sticks to make a kendo casket. Remember that in the corner of the yeah. So they put all yep. the kendo sticks right, and that when they Ra- rainbow that, kendo sticks too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got, had the rainbow kendo sticks. I think it was a little bit more creative, and it also it led to remember they all they both went face after that. Yep. Because the Usos were heels, and then they were like, we respect you, and then everyone shook hands, and then it, boom, Usos were a face again. It was so good that everybody loved that. Everybody came out better. Yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah, every, yeah every, nobody hurt in the loss. I mean, Undertaker's never going to hurt in the loss anyway. I mean, he buried people alive in a, in a cemetery for damn sakes. But at the same time, I, I do think it did elevate that tag team, that whole division at that point. And even I remember not being much to watch but that Usos knew that. I was really looking forward to that. So yeah. it, it actually lived up to the hype, I thought, for the Hell in the Cell. And so I'm going to pick Usos New Day. I think we have a little upset in the Southwest region. Wow. <laughs> in the Southwest region. Little, little, the South by Southwest region. A little more than a half hour, and we have our first real surprise, I think. Hey, hey. Also, correction, Undertaker and Brock was at No Mercy 2002, not Unforgiven. I always um, oh, yeah. mix up those two yeah. matches, two events for some reason. Unforgiven uh, was no like Mercy, the 2002. biker chain match or something like that. It was something I don't, I don't know. And then but, uh, yeah. that's when like the Undertaker got the cast on or had it, right? And, yeah. So, but this was at No Mercy 2002. So I don't know if people call me out there. Oh my God, he got the event wrong. No, No Mercy 2002 was that match. I but it don't I matter. Could, I could just edit that out. out. I could edit that shit out. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Um, we'll see. But well, I'm definitely gonna edit that S word out. So <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's out of here. It's out of the tournament. So moving on to the semifinals of this particular region will be Cactus Jack versus Triple H from No Way Out 2000 and the Usos versus The New Day from Hell in a Cell 2017. But before we move on to the other side of the bracket, Nick, I want another one of your honorable mentions. I am going to go with the one that I was there live for. And I don't believe, I don't recall if this was televised or not. It might have been this, the Monday Night Raw before SummerSlam 98, which occurred in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and they had the Hell in a Cell there. And I remember going in, going in there. It was my first wrestling event in forever, and I was like, "Wow, like that's that that looks like the Hell in a Cell, whatever." I was like 13, 12, 13 years old, whatever. And they brought it down, and they had like a tag match, or it was like Kane versus Mankind, or some, something of that. And then they were like Austin got involved, the Undertaker got involved. It was kind of chaotic. And, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. I believe they even went on top of the cell at some point. Um, I I just don't remember if it was live or if it was part of like an after show or dark match or whatever. But um, it's very like it's pretty sure it's on the Monday Night Raw from that 
on like on the WWE Network, so I'll have to go back and see it. But I was there live. That was the only one I was ever there live for. So uh, definitely holds a special place in my heart. I think this I did air on TV. Uh, Mankind versus Kane, and then a whole bunch of other people got involved. Yeah. Uh, so it was a and it was a singles match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or there was one in San Antonio earlier that year that was a tag match. That was Undertaker and Stone Cold versus Mankind and Kane. Mm. So maybe thinking about that maybe, one as a tag maybe team. They're one. together a little bit. But they had WWE was wild in 1998. All right, they had yeah. <laughs> a Hell in a Cell in June. 1998, June, June 15th, on a Raw, okay, on a Raw. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm They had about. another one, of course, the King of the Ring one, Mankind and Undertaker, at two, 13 days later, <laughs> all right? <laughs> and then the next month, almost to the day, August 24th, is the one you were talking about in Philly. Yes. Mankind yeah. versus Kane. So three within, a, within two months, I have to say, not one month, two months. What the hell are they doing? <laughs> it's seven minutes and 41 seconds, at least on Wikipedia. That's like a lifetime yeah. there in person. What? WWE? <laughs> this great match that y'all had at the end of 97. It's like, let's do it three more times within two months. Yeah, right? That was crazy. Including one right before we're going to do another one at the pay-per-view. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it was practice. The first one was practice. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it was a, a rehearsal. <laughs> you know, that is no, crazy. I want to follow that one. Yeah. So I don't remember. I do remember these matches happening. I don't remember, remember them vividly though. Um, these like raw matches, mm-hmm. raw hell in a cell, I should say. But I right. think that's the last. That one you were at was probably the last one to take place televised on a raw, because there was one that was at a raw, but it was a dark match. Mm. Uh, in 2011. But yeah. since that one, there hasn't been a televised uh, Hell in a Cell match on a Raw or SmackDown since. So, yeah, there you go. Do you, that's history right there. You oh, had the last televised Hell in a Cell, which it should have been none. <laughs> <It'd> be zero. <laughs> um, yeah, that was weird. Or like one, but not three. <laughs> yeah. Like four or whatever. But That is crazy. I totally that is bizarre. forgot about that. Like, yeah, so that tornado tag i must be uh kind of mixing it up a little bit but it happens that was nuts that was nuts. like i said they had three of them in, in the span of two months so yeah. <laughs> yeah. they it's easy to blend them to get together yep all right but moving on back to the bracket when the top right of the bracket i guess it would be the northeast region uh i'm just thinking about now Basketball. Remember basketball? They're talking about the basketball playoffs. <laughs> yeah. In the south southwest region, or in the east southeast northern region, <laughs> and the, the, the tiebreaker is a two man potato sack race. <laughs> 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 so our regions don't have names, so we, we're not as confusing, nearly as confusing as the basketball playoffs. So don't worry about that. Um, but the number one seed in this side of the bracket, or in this region in particular. We got that King of the Ring match I was just talking about. Mankind versus The Undertaker. Going against the four seed in this side of the bracket, on this region. The six man held himself from Armageddon 2000. Which, of course, had Steve Austin, Triple H, The Rock, Kurt Angle, The Undertaker, and Rikishi, who did it for The Rock. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, Sawyer, King of the Ring 98, 
Undertaker versus Mankind or the Sixth Man Hell in a Cell from Armageddon 2000. Who you got? Uh, I am going to go with Undertaker versus Mankind. Uh, there's a variety of reasons. Number one, that that one sticks out of my mind as I talked about in the very beginning of the show. Uh, number two, I think it was just it was just it was a crazy match, right? It was one of those things where you're seeing like, oh my god, this is crazy. He's falling through tables and everything. He fell through the cage, right? And even to the point with the six pack challenge <clears throat> from Armageddon, uh, I remember Rikishi like. I saw the spot get ready to happen, and that kind of turned, right? Because <laughs> he was, like, hanging out at the edge of the cage, and I'm like, nobody hangs out at the edge of the cage. Even I know that. I don't even like heights. And I remember, like, the Undertaker <laughs> pushed him off. He fell perfectly down. Like, it was just it was just like it was like a hell in a cell just to have a hell in a cell. Um, I will give a shout-out to Kurt Angle, who won at the end. But uh, Undertaker Mankind, that, that, that gets this one in the Connecticut University. Nick? Man, so I went back this weekend and rewatched the six pack uh, challenge match. Uh, I, don't, I don't. Was it advertised as six pack challenge or just a six man hell in a cell? I don't even know. I think um, I, re- I remember in the video game. I think it was. I forget which game it was, but it was. Mm. I remember they called it Armageddon in a cell. <laughs> so that wasn't one of the games, though. I wrote down the <laughs> six pack challenge. The, the AIAC right. match. <laughs> right. Yeah. Armageddon uh, in the cell. When you have six people in the ring on the video game, we're just like, <laughs> whoa, six people. Oh my God. I so. always, uh, I think if you have to go back and watch a Hell in a Cell match, it clearly didn't sit with you in the first place. Uh, it wasn't memor- that memorable or whatever. But when I watched this one back, I really enjoyed it, actually. Despite Rikishi's funny fall off the top of the cell into like a, you know, feather bed. Uh, <laughs> It was hay. It was hay. (laughs) (laughs) It was, uh, you know, very entertaining besides Earl Hebner. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) I did post a clip on Twitter of uh, his terrible refereeing yet again. But, uh, you know, you had five of the greatest names in WWF history and Rikishi. That's a shame. (laughs) He's in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) I said what I said. Uso's going to put you in the Uso's penitentiary for that one, bro. That's right. I'll get Roman to back me up. I'll call okay. Roman the tribal chief, and he'll be like, okay. <laughs> <He's> like, all right. <laughs> uh, it, very entertaining. I, I actually really enjoyed that match. Uh, Undertaker Mankind is kind of the exception to the rule that I mentioned earlier, where everything leading up to it was kind of stupid. It was just thrown, to get, <laughs> thrown together yeah. hastily, but the match was... You know, it had obviously mankind falling off the cell and then going through the cell. Uh, you know, it really t- was hell in a cell, though. Basically, uh, I'm gonna go Undertaker Mankind, but this was as tough for me as the Undertaker Lesnar mm-hmm. Usos New Day match uh, or bracket uh, six pack. Like that match was really good. I implore people to go watch that if you haven't seen it in a while. It was very much entertaining, a lot more than I thought it would be. Uh, but Undertaker Mankind, I just don't think uh, it's better than that. So these two pitted against each other. I'm going Undertaker Mankind. It's unanimous. We're going Undertaker Mankind as well. Uh, so that's going through. Uh, the thing about that match is it's probably we're still deciding whether it's the best match of all time. But it's, I think... 
it is the most famous Hell in a Cell match of all time. It's the most rewatched yeah. Hell in a Cell match of all time because of as a match itself, it's not really a match. It's just like a spectacle yep. that you have to behold. And technically, it is a match. So, and there was a, was a winner. It was the Undertaker. Uh, so, and it's number one seat in this bracket, not really because of like you said the feud going in. And like you said, it's an exception to that rule where we think about the feud going in, that heat and all that. Like you said, it was stupid. It was just like they had a Hell in a Cell match 13 days prior to this. Like, it was just dumb. They're just throwing stuff at the wall. And it worked. Everything worked for WWE, too, in 98. Like, everything worked for them in 98, 99, and 2000. Yeah. Mankind had been back for about a month because he was, you know, do love going against right. Austin. And then he comes back as Mankind. And then, boom, he's with The Undertaker again. It's just weird. Right. And... And Undertaker's still doing this whole thing with Steve Austin that's leading up to SummerSlam. Um, and then they got this. It's out of nowhere, like you said. Like, it didn't fit. It's that King of the Ring. Like, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. And then Mankind goes flying off the top of the cell. And it's like, oh, no. Like, this is... Now this is historic. I mean, that's that spot has only happened, like, three times. <laughs> but it started this night. And you got that... And you got JR's call, which has been replayed mm. to death on social media. Anytime somebody gets dunked on in the NBA, you hear it, <laughs> My God! My God! And you hear the crashing of the table, boom! And it's he like, killed him! Homie, no, he killed him! <laughs> you know, you hear the table breaking in the background of the sound. Somebody, you know, something like that. Somebody gets hit hard the football game. You hear JR's call. So, like, the call he made, because he, and there was a, Probably the greatest call he's ever had. One of the greatest calls, at least. He had no idea it was coming. It was just wild. It was just really wild. And the, the craziest bump was the one he went when he went through the cell and into the ring. That's the one <laughs> yeah. that really hurt. Yeah. Because <laughs> nothing yeah. broke his fall. He just went splat. And that was it. And then JR, no, not JR, King was like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, he said it, like, and it sounded like a joke, but he was, I think he was dead serious. I think he seriously thought mankind was dead. Yeah. Like, there was no, like, High pitched in his voice. Now, Jay King could get when he's like all excited and he goes, Oh my God. And he was like, That's it. He's dead. <laughs> Flat. Yep. You know, no, no pitch in his voice at all. Um, Terry Funk is chokeslam out of his shoes. Like, like <laughs> all kinds of stuff was happening. And then they had the thumbtacks. <laughs> like, oh, and yeah. he gets thumbtacks stuck in his teeth and. The tooth the through his lip and his nose and all that. It was just brutal. It's something that took, I'm sure, took years off of Mick Foley's career, possibly his life. Um, but it's literally what, if it's one moment of either one of their careers, even The Undertaker, as legendary as The Undertaker is, and as much as he's done in his career, the one moment that gets replayed the most is him throwing Mankind off the cell. Yeah. And it's, it's the most, like I said, the, definitely the most famous. And it's still to this day awe-inspiring. Like, it's not like we've become desensitized to it over the years. Like, when you see when, you know, somebody dunked back in the, in the 80s, and it was like, whoa, look at that dunk. But now it's like, ah, that was all right. No, th to this day, that's like, oh, no. Like, it's probably even more crazy today. <laughs> like, given what we know about concussions and injuries and stuff like that. So the impact has only grown, and this, the the lore and the legend behind this match has only grown over the years. Uh, with that said, though, again, we got to give some flowers to the Armageddon match. This was a really fun match. It was highly overbooked. <laughs> like, there was no need to have six people in there. But 2000, again, 
WWF could do no wrong. Like, all these guys were over. Even Rikishi. I know you say, oh, five greats in Rikishi. Come on. <laughs> Rikishi was over, especially when he was a babyface. Rikishi was over babyface. Not so much as a heel, but, you know, Rikishi was a guy. And everybody else was obviously over. And they, they just, like, throw him in there. And then they, the reason why they had the match is because they, they just they, they called for it. They wanted the Hell in a Cell. Mick Foley let it happen because he was the commissioner. <laughs> Vince McMahon didn't. <laughs> Vince McMahon did not, and he's getting choke slam left and right by all the wrestlers. That was <laughs> great. That? One after another just came down and just whooped his ass and then left. <laughs> yeah. Then he tried to come out with the truck Bruh. and try. <laughs> he comes call, out with that damn the truck. Away. The reason why the truck is out there is because Vince McMahon brings it out. For one, he's in the back of this truck, standing yeah. up with his hand on his hip with a cane, like. Like, he's like big bad man all of a sudden. Big yeah. badass. All right. Pull it up right here. Now, we're going to chain it up. We're going to bring the whole damn thing down. We're going to bring it all down. He's trying to rip the side of the cell down. That didn't work. He gets punched out by Mick Foley, right? <laughs> he by Mick Foley or whatever. And that's when Rikishi falls into the, 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 the back of the truck or whatever. But that was chaotic. It was kind of a mess. But it was a lot of fun. And it was just, that's what it was in 2000. Everybody was over. WWF was white hot. They could do no wrong. The fans were all into it. And it was just a lot of fun. And I think the right decision was made by having Kurt Angle win. It helped Kurt Angle a lot to win that match. So, <laughs> Armageddon in the cell. I might watch that match again sometime soon. It, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was just way so more much. En- way more entertaining than I thought it would be. It was just, I, it was just I, so I hadn't much. watched it. I hadn't watched it probably since 2000. So it's great. It was great. Make sure you pay so. attention to Earl Hebner and how terrible he is. I'm not. I'm going to watch the match and enjoy the match because <laughs> I don't want to just crap on Earl Hebner all we'll, the time. Next week, a deep dive into Earl Hebner. Being <laughs> That's going to be a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. In two weeks, we got, <laughs> we got Halloween Havoc next week. That's true, but that's that. As soon as we finish that show, there's gonna be a cease and desist letter right to the door. The self destruction of Earl Hebner. <laughs> okay. So, just to, just to give you one thing, um, you're talking about Earl Hebner, which uh, I know this is veering off the topic, but Tim Donaghy signed with MLW today as a referee. Wow. You want talking about the NBA ref? Yes. Wow. What the hell? So they're doing a run of angle with the oh with one God. of the heel factions. He's gonna be his personal ref. So what you're oh my about, god <laughs> i love That's this it's so bad actually hilarious <laughs> now because yeah. at first i was like they just hired him just because oh he's a heel ref okay he's gonna be running <laughs> with um uh the dynasty mjf's old faction how did so they the, make this happen bro that's hilarious <laughs> who thought so of that so it's supposed to be you know have you heard of richard holiday so richard uh, holiday yes. is feuding with savio vega in, in 2020, so right. he's like, yeah. So he's hired Tim Donaghy as his personal referee. <laughs> that's actually really funny. Yeah, I think that's actually kind of genius. Like at first, I was like, "What? what kind of publicity stunt is this?" Oh, it's part of the story. Oh, okay. Now it's way better. Okay, <laughs> I yeah. thought they just hired him just to hire him. No, like Tim Donaghy needed a job. Hey, you want to be a ref? Cool. I just, I just like who thought of that and who got. To him to make this happen, like that's good job of MLW for making that happen. That's hilarious. 
his personal ref. <laughs> that should be fun. That's a shame. If you, for wrestling fans out there who don't know Tim Donaghy is, he is uh, a referee who was on record of admitting to taking bribes, right? Taking and gambling on NBA games uh, as a referee and kind of you know doing some funny business with the fouls and and the calls of games to tip the scales in his, his favor because he's gambling. Um, specifically, was a game six of the Western Conference Finals in 2002? Sac- Sacramento, L.A., where Lakers had, I think, 41 fouls. 41 foul shots compared to Sacramento's 11. At so home. Good. Yeah, yeah. In, Sacramento. In, in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so look that up. If you're not familiar, uh, you know, I know some wrestling fans that don't really watch a lot of basketball, maybe, or a lot of just sports in general. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty blatant <laughs> what he was doing there, uh, especially in that particular game. Um, <laughs> that is wild, though, MOW. Jeez. Um, back to this bracket, though. The next match in this region. So, Undertaker Mankind moves on. Who will face Undertaker Mankind in the next round? Well, it's either the number two seed. Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker from Hell in a Cell 2015. Or Triple H versus Chris Jericho from Judgment Day 2002. Sawyer, who you got? So, uh, at the time, I remember watching that, and the first thing I thought when they did the match was... There's no way Jericho's going to win. I like Jericho. <laughs> I just felt like at that moment, Triple H was winning everything. Like, if you played Tinleywicks, he was beating you in that. Uh, <laughs> if you was playing Shuffleboard, he done, be, he done beat you in that. You know, I feel like Triple H at that time ruled everything. Tic-tac-toe? Remember, yeah, he's th- listen, he was X's all the way through. He always went <laughs> So, I feel like... A little, bit of, moment, little bit of hopscotch? Yeah, and and also I, I will say this: the one thing I didn't enjoy about it was that they didn't—he didn't even pin him in the ring. He pinned him on top of the cage. Yeah, and that was like, weird. You're like, did you just make up a rule? And I was like, oh, Triple H. What should I say? So, <laughs> um, I remember the hell, the the Undertaker one was good in the fact that he was beating him all over that that ring and pulled up the uh, pulled up the canvas, and also uh, the Wyatts came and took him away at the end. Which gave us some more good, like Kane Undertaker matches. So I'm going to go with Undertaker Lesnar uh, as my pick there. Nick, I love everything you just said, Sawyer. I highly was annoyed with the whole Triple H Jericho match. Uh, Triple H just left a bad taste in my mouth. I did not like him around this time period uh, for whatever reason. I don't have like a legitimate like tangible reason to tell you why i wasn't a fan i just wasn't uh might have been the over the top with, with his comeback and them having him win the title and then they lost he just loses it to hogan the next month i just everything was stupid undertake lesnar 2015 it, it was a really good match i loved everything about it i don't remember if there was blood or not or even a little blood but uh, might have been some accidental blood this one didn't really need it uh it was a a, a few that continued you know especially in 2015 they had like a or they, they from wrestlemania and then 
you know, they had uh, what, what, he finally came They had back. the WrestleMania match in 2014, 14. then they had the SummerSlam match in 2015. SummerSlam, that's right. Uh, SummerSlam, then they followed it up with and this. Then Hell in a Cell. So I enjoyed this kind of trilogy. Uh, maybe not so much the WrestleMania match because Undertaker got hurt and uh, it, it looked bad, but the SummerSlam match and this match was great for 2015, great for Undertaker, great for Brock Lesnar. Uh, so I'm going to go with that one. It is unanimous. I'm also going Brock Lesnar Undertaker. Uh, I didn't really love their first two matches of like this time period, 20, the WrestleMania 30 and the SummerSlam match. I didn't really care about the SummerSlam match that much. But this match made up for it. This match was great. And it made sense. It made sense for them to be in Hell in a Cell. And uh, it was pretty much the end of that whole feud they had going uh, from that time period again. So, uh, unanimous. Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar from Hell in a Cell 2015 advances. And before we go on to the next region, Nick, I need another honorable yes. mention from you. I'll give you one, but I just have to say, YouTube is a blessing, my friend. I have found an account that has been down, that has been uploading old WWF Mania episodes. I am so excited about this. So, just had to get You're that out there. You're the only one that cares, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you an honorable mention. I'll go The Undertaker. Surprise. Goes one-on-one with Randy Orton. Armageddon, 2005. Thought it was a fun match. Yeah, you know, I don't remember if Bob Orton was involved, but uh, The Undertaker coming back at Survivor Series and spooking Randy Orton, the sole survivor. Uh, them having kind of that feud all year long, starting from WrestleMania and SummerSlam. Uh this was also, uh, I think it was at Survivor Series or No, Mer- no Mercy this year where Orton and uh, his father set the Undertaker's casket on fire. Like, we haven't seen that before. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I enjoyed this whole thing. I, I, I understand Orton probably should have won at WrestleMania, but, uh, you know, looking back, it didn't really damage his career at all. They went for the feud kind of like the entire year. So uh, they capped it off with this Hell in a Cell match at Armageddon in 2005. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. What wasn't good is Randy Orton's babyface turn at the end of 2004. Oh, that didn't go well at all. <laughs> He's been a good babyface since then. I'll give him credit. They've made him yeah. into a good baby. They, yeah. They've managed, but he had to be a heel for like another seven years <laughs> until they did that. <laughs> Because this 2004, 2005 babyface run he had did not work. Um, so it, it made, you know, made perfect sense to flip him back <laughs> before the Undertaker feud uh, back in 2005. But moving on, back to the bracket. We're in the final region, the last two matchups of the first round. Florida. <laughs> final, South, South, is somewhere in Florida. That's true. Yeah. Why not? Number one seed, Triple H again. This is a common theme here. By the way, let me rewind a little bit. That Triple H, Chris Jericho, Hell in a Cell, that was Chris Jericho's one and only Hell in a Cell match. Wow. How about that? But this next one is between the two guys who have had the most Hell in a Cell matches. The Undertaker with 14 to date against Triple H with nine to date. Both of them have winning records too, by the way, which is interesting. But... Triple H versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 28 in 2012. I will start this one off. Oh, well, first off, they're going up against, I'm sorry. 
the four seed, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins from Hell in a Cell 2016. Um, I will start this one off. I think it's an easy choice to me. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins is not my choice. <laughs> uh, it was a good match. It was a fun match for what it was. I think this is right after uh, Kevin Owens won the, the Universal Championship after Finn Balor got hurt. Um, and they had this match. And it was a good match, like I said. But Triple H versus The Undertaker in 2012. The action was good, but the storytelling was off the charts. Yeah, it was the weird tagline of end of an era. No one still knows what that means. No one knew what it meant back then. Because uh, they've had plenty of matches since then. Even Shawn Michaels had a match since then. <laughs> um, so they had this little moment at the end. That was still kind of weird because it's like, what, what's ending, actually? I don't know. But regardless, there was a couple moments in this match where I legit thought the Undertaker's streak was going to end, particularly with the super kick into the pedigree. Boom. And Shawn Michaels got down and ready to count. One, two. And Undertaker still kicked out. And Shawn Michaels, like, back into the corner like a scared child. Like, what oh, my coward. God. Oh my God! What is he? Is he? Is he a man? Is he? What is? What is this deal? I don't know what to do. But that was an epic moment. That was a big deal because I bought in. I thought that was it, and it wasn't. So the storytelling and all that—it was just great. Uh, so I'm going with Triple H versus The Undertaker. Nick, who you got? I'm going to roll with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins not winning this one. Under <laughs> Triple H. <laughs> Sawyer. <laughs> I mean, it's over, uh, I, but I con- you can. I, I will concur with Nick. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, All right. Listen, I, I mean, you do. You, I remember that. That was when uh, Shawn Michaels kicked the Undertaker and looked really like legitimately shocked because he wasn't impartial. But then I'm right. like, dude, remember what you what you've been doing your whole career? You've been turned on people left and right. <laughs> so like <laughs> that's just something funny I remember about that. Like they're like Sean looks devastated. I'm like, really? It's just somebody <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm right. yeah, def- definitely that one. Yeah. Triple H Undertaker moves on to face either in our final first round matchup. Batista versus Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship at Vengeance two thousand five or Batista versus The Undertaker from Survivor Series 2007, also for the World Heavyweight Championship. Sawyer, which Batista Hell in a Cell do you got here? So I did enjoy the Batista versus Undertaker. Um, mm. I like the. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. I enjoyed it. That was a personal enjoyment. Uh. You you could you could crucify me or go wow well, wow you could you could you could go against me but I enjoyed <laughs> that one just because I like I felt like I always felt like Batista in Hell in a Cell was good I thought Triple H brought it out of him I thought he beat the piss out of Triple H too which was always good to see because I was never really a fan of Triple H so I, I'm gonna go with that one right there I you go ahead and argue away that's that's my pick for this one uh, Nick well th- that uh, Undertaker Batista. Hell in a Cell is actually, I think, when Edge uh, came back, when we were talking, alluding to earlier, uh, ahead of No, that's, 
that was 08 when Edge came back at uh, Survivor Series for who the hell was that? Was Triple H and Vladimir Kozlov. What? Do you did remember he, that? Did, did he attack Undertaker like Hell in a Cell? When he, he probably back? did. You're probably right about that particular. You uh, know what? I'm gonna thing, double but, check because I don't want to be wrong about. But this. I, did, I think I think you're right. That was the one where Edge was the cameraman, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I you're right. So. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm thinking when you said came back. Oh yeah, he, I didn't mean as left. a participant. I meant like just returning. Right. I got you. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, he left at the Hell in a Cell. Yeah, he's on the. He's on the Survivor Series. He's on the poster. He's on the poster. Right with the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I that, that poster. Uh, that was Spoiler my markout moment. You know, and Batista was great. Uh, Undertaker was great. They had great matches. Uh, but Sawyer hit the nail on the head. The Triple H Batista trilogy was one of the best ways that WWE has ever built a superstar. Without that, I don't think Batista becomes as big as he does. Uh, without the Triple H uh, WrestleMania and then. Backlash and then Vengeance. Uh, this Hell in a Cell match with Triple H really cemented Batista as the top guy, and I think that's what they were going for. I don't think it was that they kept this going because they didn't know if Batista was the guy. They did that the previous year with Chris Benoit. They had like rematch after rematch. Uh, Benoit, Shawn Michaels, Benoit, Triple H. Uh, I think it's just kind of like the booking pattern they went into because it helped sell pay per views. Uh, but yeah, this Triple H Batista match I think is one of the best, uh, just storyline story wise. Going into it, uh, how the match played out, Batista looking at Triple H, Triple H looking at Batista like, damn, I'm never gonna beat him. Uh, it was just perfect. Never gonna beat him until 2019 when he finally got him. Because <laughs> yeah. Triple H always wins in the end. I, I felt that though. I felt that man. Tw- him just looking at him like, damn, I I don't I don't got his number. So so you went with Batista Undertaker, is that correct? No, I went with Batista Triple H. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. you went Batista Undertaker. Well, I guess it doesn't matter then. <laughs> Who would I pick? <laughs> I thought you went Batista Undertaker. Okay, well, tell us how much I've been paying attention. Well, <laughs> just for posterity take, you know, posterity sake, I will go with. Batista Triple H as well. Let's make it unanimous. Why not? It was, like Nick said, uh, the great trilogy between those three. Even though the matches weren't necessarily like all five-star classics, but if you're from the standpoint of building Batista, like you said, to that upper echelon of wrestling, those three matches were like ABC of how to do it. And even before WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah, that's true too. But as far as match outcomes, yes. beat him at WrestleMania for the title, retain it again. Oh, as a blood for you, let's put him in hell in a cell and let's beat the hell out of Triple H again. <laughs> like, <laughs> and off you go after that. That now you're done. Now Batista goes to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Triple H stays on Raw, and there we go. And it was perfect, like you said. Um, and you go, you rewind six months that Elimination Chamber when Batista was dominating, and then Triple H gets up and. He looks like he's gonna save him, but he doesn't. And then goes back. I, that was the moment where I was like, "They're gonna go with Batista." And it wasn't really until like the WrestleMania match was good, uh, the Backlash match was good. Uh, I mean, there there wasn't a bad match, but this Hell in a Cell match, I remember my 2005 Mark self was like, "Wow, Batista's definitely a star now." <laughs> <laughs> 
So if my my 2005 Mark <laughs> Self thought that, you know it was good. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely a star now. <laughs> I mean, but hey, look. Because I right. didn't know, we didn't right. know what they were going to do. Were they going to do the same thing with Orton? What were they going to do with Batista? And I think they did it perfectly with him. They did. They did. And look at Batista now. He's doing movies, you yeah. know. Doing uh, what's it? It's a what is what's the drink he's in the commercials for? Um, he's in some type of commercials for a drink. I don't know if it's Sprite or something. No, I don't know. Oh, you guys know? Oh, it's vodka. So, That's what it is. It's Smirnoff. <laughs> no, I don't That's think I've seen that Sprite. One. You don't think you've seen the Batista commercials when he's done Smirnoff? I don't think so. The commercials? Yeah, he's in a mm. bunch of them. Mm. Check him out. Batista's out here doing things. He's a king so far. Yeah, he's doing like a diet Smirnoff or something, right? Right, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's definitely vodka commercials. So I'm not a vodka guy anymore. I got a glass of whiskey right now. So I'm a, I'm a dark liquor guy myself. But uh, happy for I'd buy some Smirnoff for Batista, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's Batista. He's the guy. Shout out to Batista. So uh, who's all about the cause, by the way. Um, yeah. So yeah. shout out to him for that as well. Him and Kevin Nash. Even though Kevin Nash is not in this bracket because his match was long and terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 That's an honorable that mention. So. Ke- Kevin Nash, I appreciate you. <laughs> we do appreciate you, Kevin Nash. We we cool. We good with, with Big Daddy Cool. But the Hell in a Cell match at Bad Blood in 03? Whoo, doggy. Yikes. How about the one that Triple H, Triple H had some odd Hell in a Cell matches? The one he had with Shawn Michaels... According to Wikipedia, uh, yeah. was forty-seven For, minutes. Because wasn't that like what a, the hell? Wasn't that like a two out of three or thing, something? Right? Uh, he hit him with everything. Apparently, then they have a two out of. Wasn't that a two out of three falls match or something like that? No, it was just a regular match. What? Yeah, that's nuts. Forty-seven that minutes. Stupid. That is stupid. <laughs> DX and um, no, that's two. two Two on three. No, not two out of three falls. Yeah, I don't know if they had a two out of three falls match in the Hell in a Cell match, but uh, either way, that was matches almost an hour. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> so since we're now done the first round, let me first recap the matchups, uh, a second round matchup. So we're going to have Triple H and The Undertaker going up against, from not Triple H, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker from Bad Blood 1997 going up against The Undertaker versus Edge from Summer Slam 2008. And the next region, we're going to have Triple H versus Cactus Jack going up against the Usos versus New Day. Okay, that's going to be interesting. Mankind and Undertaker, of course, 1998, going up against Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker from 2015. And then the final second-round matchup is going to be Triple H versus The Undertaker from WrestleMania going up against Batista and Triple H from 2005. But before we move on to the second round, Nick, let's get all the... The rest of the uh, honorable mentions out of here. Let's let's get them out. I don't think I have any anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that I was thought, it. I did think that one was a two out of three falls match, but it was, I guess Triple H and Shawn Michaels had a different match that wasn't in Hell in a Cell. That was like a two out of three falls. So that's probably what I was thinking. They had the three stages of Hell. Yeah, I thought that was inside the cell, but I guess no, that not. was like what was like a regular match and right. like some street fight and other type lad- of match, ladder, and like a ladder, ladder match. match. Right, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Three stages of hell. I may have an honorable mention. Two out of three falls. Go ahead. Go have at it. Honorable mention. Uh, Mark Henry and Orton. So that was I on the same that. card. Yeah. So that was on the, that was when Henry went with super heel, right? Um, yep. And he Hall, had House Hall of Pain. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hall, House of Pain. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was super heel. And I remember he had a, a match with Orton for the belt. And, you know, everybody thought it was going to be regular WWE booking. I remember he, like, basically squashed him in, like, 10 minutes. And I remember Orton got his, got his, got his uh, match back. And I remember he went to go punt him. And my man picked him up and hit him with the world's strongest slam and ended it. And it was like a 15-minute Hell in a Cell match. But I remember that one just because, number one, it was something we hadn't seen because, really, Mark Henry had been in WWE for so long. So for him to finally get a push, it kind of was, like, refreshing. Right, and also too for him to build up a character against John Cena was unheard of at that time too, because usually you would thought he would build it up, get to the get to the cliff, and then fall off. Right, so that was number one, and then number two was just seeing Orton get beat like that. It was it was kind of refreshing to see that just because it was something different WWE did in the Hell in a Cell. All right, I might have to go back and check that out. Mark Henry, uh, now Hall of Pain gimmick or the gimmick, but. The whole run he had was dope in twenty was that twenty eleven. Um yeah, it's twenty something like that, right? I can't remember the exact time. Yeah, it was twenty ten maybe. The Alberta Double Match was on that same car. Ah, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. So but that run was really dope and it got cut short because of injuries. Uh they never really got back quite to that level again, but uh he was like you said, a monster at that point and yeah, it was dope. So yeah, Mark Henry versus Randy Orton in 2011. Uh, Nick, you said you don't have any more, so uh, that's fine. Yeah. I'm just looking at the the list of Hell in a Cell matches here. CM Punk versus Ryback in 2012. CM Punk versus Ryback and Paul Heyman in 2013. What the hell? <laughs> just oh, you know what? Uh, no, never mind. That wasn't a Hell in a Cell match. Well, what about Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose in 2014, uh, which was like highly anticipated because of the whole Shield breakup, and the match itself was pretty good until the end. Yeah, when Bray Wyatt ruined uh, it. <laughs> that's definitely put that out of my head. So, oh, it was bad. The ending ruined it. It literally ruined it. It was pretty good. Like everybody was like, "Yeah, they got to be in the Hell in a Cell." That the whole breakup, blah blah blah. But that's what these and Hell in a Cell matches encompass. It's like it's the build up and then the actual match and then the aftermath and if one of those is so bad like I kind of I tend to just put it out of my mind fair enough or how about Undertaker versus Shane McMahon the WrestleMania 32 yeah I not once did I ever think about that one just because <laughs> <laughs> we were at the Monday Night Raw when I think Vince announced oh that or my something God. and it was ridiculous and I'm like what that makes no sense and then Realizing that Shane McMahon and Hell in a Cell only means he's just going to jump off the top, and it's just too much, man. Too much. Like, go, sure, like kudos to for doing it and having a wrestling match at WrestleMania and Hell in a Cell, but no kudos for anything else. <laughs> that story was awful <laughs> with the lockbox. Brutal. Uh, and he. Yeah. He, he he's fighting for control of Raw. He loses, and then he just gets it right back. Uh, oh, he wants control. I'll give it to him. Whatever. It's like, what the hell, bro? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Like, why did he that, just jump I, I off to- the cell the night before? I totally forgot about that aspect of it. Oh my god! It gave it to him the next night, <sighs> and it was like in the first segment too. Like it took everything. Yeah. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> like, he's like taunting the audience. You want him? You you want him in control of it? Okay, I'll show you. Like. Yeah, like, 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 it's gonna suck anyway. It's like, what? <laughs> what the hell? 
That's man. They just that was the year WWE had everybody was hurt. You think the the Eagles got bad injuries? WWE yeah. had bad injuries in 2016. Cena was out. Uh, well, he came. Yeah. He showed up at WrestleMania, yeah. but he was hurt, right? Um, but Cena, Cesaro, Orton, I think, was out too. Like, it was a bunch of guys out. Yeah. Seth Rollins was out because he had the knee injury. Um, and they were they were just like uh, grasping at straws. <laughs> like, yeah. what are we gonna do? Uh, have the Rock come out for a 20 second match? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Like it was brutal how many injuries they had at that point, and so it's like the Eagles. Yes, I'm saying like if you think the our injury situation's rough, like <laughs> WWE was pretty bad in 2015 slash 2016 to the point that they were like call Shane McMahon up for the first time and have him show up for the first time in seven <laughs> eight years, and have him just be in a Hell in a Cell match with Undertaker just because like <laughs> nobody cares. It's Shane McMahon, and the, I remember he first came back. And it was like, oh, Shane McMahon is back. Yo, that's crazy. Whoa, he's going to face the Undertaker. Holy hell. Oh, it's going to be in Hell in a Cell. What the? Wait a second. (laughs) He just got back. (laughs) He just got back. (laughs) We just saw him in the the Fresh Jays, and we heard the the music. And it was like, hey, Shane McMahon is back. Oh, he's going to die soon. Oh, (laughs) damn. That was fast. So yeah, that was that was an odd time. That was a terrible time, I should say, in WWE. So all right. Back to the bracket. We're on to the second round now. Some tough decisions are gonna start being made here. We got let's go back up to the top left here. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. The very first hell in the cell against Edge and The Undertaker from SummerSlam two thousand eight. Sawyer, who you got? I'm going to go with uh, Undertaker HBK. Um, I, I like Edge being sent to hell. I enjoyed <laughs> it very much. Um, I don't think you can mess with the first one. Um, I also, one thing I do remember about that was, um, I, isn't that, I think Shawn, when Shawn Michaels kicked that referee in the cage, in the cell, was that, that was one of them, right? He, um, he super kicked. I think he super cameraman, kicked somebody. It's a cameraman. Yeah. 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 yeah and yeah. and Vince McMahon apologized to his family on the air. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there oh, you go. Right? That was and then, great. So like, there's there's the, there's a tone setter, right? Look how dangerous this is. Look at that maneuver. Even the cameraman's gonna die. Like, and it put. So like, yeah, that's still gonna continue on. <laughs> <laughs> I remember he I remember he kicked him and I was like they're like he he moved him at the last minute. I'm like, he aimed at him. He looked right at him and kicked him. How about those outfits the cameraman wore? Like, yeah, like that, that Michael suit. Myers jumpsuit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looked like he's gonna kill Laurie Strode like, the want, next minute. I was like, I want one for Halloween. Come on. <laughs> well that's what they got it from. He got it from the John Carpenter store for Halloween. <laughs> I wanted WWF to sell them in their like store catalog. Or, come on, man! They probably got those sitting somewhere in a warehouse. They, they probably, probably got those do. on display at at uh, Access somewhere. Those ugly jumpsuits. Looks like Laurie Strode saw she would just run away immediately. Like ah! I was like, I'm just a cameraman here. It's like <laughs> that's Michael Myers' fit. <laughs> All right, so Undertaker and Shawn Michaels for Sawyer. Nick, who you got? I loved the Undertaker Edge feud uh, back then, but uh, just can't. 
that at this point you still can't go against Undertaker or Shawn Michaels. Uh, with the two matches that they were up against, they beat both of them. So Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. Unanimous. I mean, it's going through anyway, but it's unanimous. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker is probably one of my favorite matches of all time, period. So, it's, it, it, spoiler, it's probably going to go deep in this tournament. So, <laughs> uh, but it's in the final four now. And we don't know uh, So, anyone. it's going like, pretty we deep. We haven't talked about it. So, yeah, well, this is, we don't know anyone's answers. So, yeah, it's going but pretty deep. I definitely agree. I mean, it's been talked about to death about how when the feud was leading in it was the perfect like the feud i don't know you could have a better feud leading in th- than this one right <laughs> and in the match itself because you got Shawn michaels in his prime undertaker in his prime it's gonna be tough to beat moving forward man it's gonna be tough but let's see who its competition will be in the final four because we have triple h and cactus jack going up against the usos and new day Nick, I'm starting with you. <sighs> you guys did make good points of why you chose the Usos and New Day, uh, so I'll give you credit for that. I just don't see how it beats Triple H and Cactus Jack, so I will go Triple H mm. and Cactus Jack. Look here, Nick. I'm going with Usos New Day again. <laughs> oh, just from wow. To me, it's just, from the creativity standpoint. I love Triple H, Cactus Jack. Don't get me wrong. But getting the most out of the least, I feel like Usos New Day did that. And from this, let's say this generation, the last 10, 15 years or so, probably the best Hell in a Cell match of that from that time span, in my opinion. Or at least one of the best. So, Sawyer, mm. it's on you, brother. I feel like mm. you're grand jury right now. Oof. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I ain't got time so for no far. grand juries, man. <laughs> I, I don't. Even, Not lately. I don't so Nick, I'm gonna have to say, I agree with you, and I think I'm gonna go with Cactus Jack and Triple H. Ah. Mm. Um, taking that, taking that knife right out of my heart. Love it. Right. <laughs> I, listen, I, listen. We all brothers. We can we can agree to disagree. I, I'm. This is so. The brutality that Cactus Jack brought to Triple H was crazy. I remember, so like I always wrote like little bits and pieces, right? They said, "Son of a bitch, he has a two, uh, he has a barbed wire two by four, and then he set it on fire." <laughs> Somebody goes, "It's on fire too!" And I was like, well, this is just jump the shark. Um, I have a lot of love for Usos and New Day. I really like that match, but I don't think it's still gonna beat that Cactus Jack Triple H Hell in a Cell. So that's gonna push it for me to the next round. Fair enough. Cactus Jack and Triple H moves on to the final four to go up against The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels Ooh. from 1997. Tough decisions to be made. Before that, though, we got the other side of the bracket. Mankind and The Undertaker from 1998, King of the Ring 1998, against Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker from Hell in a Cell 2015. Sawyer? Who you got? So, all right. Thank you for that. Uh, I will say the thing that hurts me the worst on the Undertaker Lesnar one was I think that was at the beginning of the time when Brock Lesnar started hitting people with no blows. Right? So you got this <laughs> huge hulking monster who throws people around and then he beats them with a low blow in F5. Right? So Wasn't Undertaker beat. also kicking people in, in, in the uh, 
nether regions at that point? I don't think I, I think it might have started, but I don't think it was as as pertinent as it was for the low blow. I just feel like under I can see the Undertaker hitting you in a day. Can I say that? I don't even know if I can say that. But I can see the Undertaker <laughs> doing it. But Lesnar being this strong MMA guy and then him doing it, it just kinda killed it for me because he was this huge monster. So I'm still gonna go with Undertaker Mankind. Uh, again, it's iconic. I mean it's really hard to beat an icon. And that's the one they still whoop out on every video. They still show it to everybody. I mean, even, and you were right. You mentioned before, like, it probably shaved years off his life. And Foley says he doesn't even remember the, the bump where he fell through the cage. So it's iconic. So I don't think that's beaten, and I think that's going on from Connecticut region. <laughs> Connecticut region. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree. I'm going to go with Mankind versus The Undertaker as well. Um, Lesnar, Undertaker, good match, solid match even, like, it was good, but it wasn't nearly as memorable as Undertaker versus Mankind, which, again, another one that's going to be tough to beat uh, here as we get deeper into this tournament. So, Undertaker, Mankind advances to the it, final four. It does. It doesn't matter what I say, damn it. But, uh... But you can say what you want to say. <laughs> No, uh, as much as I love Undertaker Lesnar from 2015, I think uh, with you, I think it's one of the better Hell in a Cell matches in recent memory, along with Usos and New Day. But uh, obviously, Undertaker Mankind, not just for the high spots, uh, but like I said, it was like Hell in a Cell. It really was. Like We didn't really, even though I was annoyed at how that match was kind of thrown together, we still knew the history between Undertaker Mankind, that feud. So... Uh, you know, I was still thinking of that. Still thinking of some like the Buried Alive match. We dug deep on that last week. Uh, you know, the they had such a prolonged feud, really. Uh, even when you know, mankind was not like the mankind he was in '96. So, because uh, this Undertaker mankind feud kept going and going and going. Mankind was wearing a damn like dress shirt for crying out loud, but <laughs> it's high, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, like uh, that, that that's all, has honest, that's like mankind's iconic look, though. It is. We think about it, it really is <laughs> for mankind. That character, the dress shirt and the tie is like his look. Yep. You don't think of like the brown shirt guy that was wow. 96, even though that was like when he first came in and he was beating the Undertaker and stuff like that. The dress shirt tie mankind is mankind yep. to a lot of people. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'll go Undertaker mankind again. Unanimous. All right. All right, let's move on down. Let's move on down the road to the last second-round matchup. It's tough. Tough decisions, like I said. Triple H and The Undertaker from WrestleMania 28 or Batista Triple H from Vengeance 2005. I'm going to start it off. And I'm going to go with Tough, like you said, Nick. But I'm going to go with Triple H versus The Undertaker from WrestleMania 28. <sighs> the story that was told in that match borders on Masterclass. Now, again, we can get docket points for the whole end of an era nonsense, and, you know, that, that, that was just stupid, right? But just from bell to bell. It was great. It, it got a standing O for me. 
and a lot of people that was there in the crowd that night. So that's where I'm going. <sighs> Nick? Uh, <laughs> Once again, Sawyer's going to be uh, the decider because I will go with mm. Triple H and Batista. <clears throat> Um, simply for me, you know, Undertaker, Triple H, already known entities, already legends. Uh, I mean, that does add to the Hell in a Cell match. It does, which Shawn Michaels is the ref. Like, that just makes it better. Uh, for me, my personal taste is loving how they built Batista, uh, loving Triple H's cell for them, loving the ending where Batista goes for the Batista bomb and you think Triple H is going to hit him with the sledgehammer because he's holding it, but he doesn't quite get it off in time. Uh, and Batista, Batista bobs him through the mat and wins. Uh, I thought that was a great ending. So I'm going to stick with uh, Triple H and Batista. It's on you again, Sawyer. Once again. What you going to do with that knife, brother? (laughs) 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 Uh, All right. Um, I do enjoy the ending for Triple H and Batista. Son of a more. <laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I enjoyed the ending for Triple H and Batista more than I enjoyed the ending for Undertaker Triple H. Right? Um, I do admit that I think this is just my opinion that Undertaker Triple H may be a better match overall. However, oh the story, wow, the story for Triple H and Batista was well done, right? And it was good to have that triumphant moment because that kind of solidified and closed off that feud between Triple H and Batista. I don't know where it's going with this one. I'm nervous. I know. I'm I'm trying to keep you on suspense. (laughs) So what I'm going to say is in an upset Appalachian State, a.k.a. Triple H and Batista, move on to the Final Four. Wow! And an upset. An upset. What do they say? It's a push, right? You can go either way, right? They're both great matches, right? I think they're both great matches. I enjoyed Triple H Batista more because of the ending. And I like it with the sledgehammer at the end because it was the idea of, yeah, he's finally getting what he's deserved. What a maneuver, right? It kind of gave that, <laughs> that good ending. So, yeah, and, and, and I will also say, I always thought the Hell in the Cell should be a grudge match. I feel like when you add other people to it who don't have, like, Shawn Michaels is great being in a match with us, right? It's great. But I feel like it's overbooked when you start adding people as special guest referees because, I mean, it's hell in a cell. Who gives a damn about a referee, right? That's fair, dog. So I'm going with Triple H and Batista. Vaughn, you wow. still my man. Pots and pans all the way. <laughs> I will I will edit that. That Edit out that SOB. Don't you worry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I feel like people no, are going to be... People are going to be uh, upset about this. That's the whole point of an upset, right? People are going to be like, wow, what happened here? But all right. Th- this, this no, just know that was Sawyer and Nick who voted out Triple H and Undertaker. <laughs> I was riding. Man. Don't be, I was riding for the end of an era. Why don't you just post our addresses everywhere? <laughs> I'm just saying. Listen, if, you if I'm going down, I'm taking, I'm taking everybody down with me. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's the way of America. <laughs> it was so Sawyer, an educated part. brother from the school. <laughs> <laughs> it <was> Sawyer Akbar. <laughs> I gotta get up and fix my suit and walk out in anger. 
<laughs> what? Did they like arrest him on the spot too? <laughs> no, he was so. A known yeah, drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, Why would you arrest somebody based off just solely what he said? No yeah, evidence. In the courtroom. They didn't even right they right there. <laughs> Nick, this is New Jack City talk. I know we talked about a lot no, of pay before in the past. I know exactly what you're talking about. Have you seen New Jack City? <laughs> no. Isn't he like, right, you know, old w- ECW guy? <sighs> Stop it right now. Wow. Um, wow. wow. Stop it right now. <laughs> <laughs> they arrested him on the spot, though. Like, tawed him off the jail right away. <laughs> because you're sitting in the front row. <laughs> you stupid. Trial. Come with us. Yeah. Like, oh, damn it. Who's going to validate my parking? Let me fix the suit. They just arrested him based off of what Nino Brown, noted drug lord, said. That's it. That's like, all. I think it was Shug Knight did a citizen's arrest. <laughs> Shug Knight was like, that guy did it. They were like, thanks, Shug, and took this dude to jail. No! <laughs> like can you imagine how many people would be in jail if it was that easy? Yeah. <laughs> he did it. I didn't do nothing. It was him. You ran all right, let's take him down, show. too. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Oh, uh, New Jack City. What a classic. What a classic. Um, but breed. yes, if the I'm breed. going down, I'm taking everybody down with me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> All right. Moving on now to the final four. It's getting serious now. It's been serious already, but it's getting real serious now. <laughs> First matchup of the final four. Shawn Michaels. Undertaker, Bad Blood, 1997, against Triple H, Cactus Jack, No Way Out, 2000. Nick, mm. I'm going to you first. What Let's you got? See. Let's see. I love the stories for both. Both were incredible matches. You had the added allure of, uh, actually, no, uh, Triple H Cactus was not in Madison Square Garden. That was Royal Rumble. So I was going to go there, but then I remembered as I was talking, <laughs> it did not happen in Madison Square Garden, but that didn't it make did it not. any less uh, great. Uh, that but, happened in Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> A stone's throw for Madison Square Garden. That's, that's true. It was close. It was close. Yeah. So we could just say it was at Madison Square Garden because they say basically <laughs> WrestleMania in New Jersey is from New York. So why not? You know what, Nick? <laughs> Boy, you right. <laughs> they definitely do that, don't they? Like, welcome to New York City at MetLife Stadium, East Rutherford, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's y'all messed up, man. I remember, like, uh, when they first announced that and – they're like promos or whatever it was like just minutes away from new york city or something like that it was like new york city or new york was the 
marketing of it, and it was always just they never said uh, it was in Jersey. The only they had was, the Brooklyn Bridge as a stage in yeah, New Jersey, and uh, yeah, for the one we went to, yeah, right. And in the second yeah. one, they were just all about right. New York. They yeah. were all in yeah. New York. All the marketing, all the commercials were about like all oh, the subways yeah. and right, right. Statue of Liberty. And, yep. Oh, look at these hot dog carts in New York. <laughs> Oh, look at these brownstones. Look at this gentrified neighborhood here. What about this one over there? <laughs> and then we wound up in the swamps of New Jersey for the actual event. <laughs> so. All right. Well, like WrestleMania, 20, like WrestleMania 2015, it's like kind of like Silicon Valley. They didn't say like San Francisco. Because yeah, <laughs> like, it wasn't. Yeah. It's in Santa Clara. Like, right. Yeah. Where the Niners play. So. Yep. Silicon Valley, you know, <laughs> it was like San Francisco, San Jose. They just left kind of, they kind of left Oakland out of that too. It's also and in now, the day, but they're doing Hollywood, you know, and uh, like they did in twenty one, and then now they're doing next year. Well, that's fair, but uh, again, whatever. back to your pick. I'm anyway, sorry. I will. Uh, I'm gonna go with Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Sawyer, Taker Michaels. Unanimous. Taker, Michaels, advances. Cactus Jack, Triple H had a good run, though. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I, I voted against it the last round, but uh, <laughs> it had a good run to the Final Four. So, kudos to that match. Tip of the cap. But Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, advances. The other Final Four matchup, though. Ooh. This is going to be a doozy. Mankind and The Undertaker. King of the Ring 1998 against Batista and Triple H. The Cinderella story from Vengeance 2005. <clears throat> Sawyer, since you stabbed me in the back, Sawyer Akbar, the educated brother from the school. <laughs> I'm starting with like you. That. I kind of like that Sawyer Akbar thing, except for the fact that he's <laughs> So, um, um, I'm going to go with. Undertaker, uh, mankind. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I think I think you know uh, Triple H and Batista had a nice run. They took him that far, and then they hired Adam Gase. So now it's Undertaker versus wow. going to the championship from that side. Damn! Wow! Do a do a Jets dig in there. Damn! Uh, Nick, <laughs> listen. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> This is probably the toughest one uh, I'll deal with. Uh, I have a feeling where this is going, but uh, I'm going to stick with my personal favorite, Triple H and Batista. Wow. Now it's on me. No pressure on me. No pressure on me. Oh my goodness! Wow, mm-hmm. that's tough. And look, look at these final four—the final four, the odd man out are Batista and Shawn Michaels. The other matches include McFoley, Triple H, or Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, because like Mankind and Undertaker was. More or less a spectacle. I think that's what kind of is like the only real knock against it. 
wasn't really that much of a match or a story for that matter. Hmm. Going into it at least. Hmm. Batista Triple H was a probably a just a, from a match standpoint, bell to bell better. But who goes back to rewatch that match? Nobody. Right? Mankind and the Undertaker has to go through. From the mm. impact of that match mm. and that spectacle, the mm. call, the, the bumps, Terry Funk's shoes. Nobody knows what those shoes are to this day. <laughs> we haven't found those shoes. Still mm. missing those pair of Air Monarchs that Terry Funk was probably wearing on that day. Mm. So, <laughs> it's an unsolved mystery, bro. <laughs> Season two coming up. Right. <laughs> what happened to the Air Monarchs? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Terry's shoes? Poor Terry Funk lost his shoes that day. Never had him again. <laughs> never saw him again. <laughs> he flew home barefoot that night. Angry. <laughs> <laughs> with that said though oh, I'm, I, yeah all of that it has to be mankind versus undertaker straight shooters had a great five-year run buddy <laughs> wow you're gonna let this I'm, come between us i am hurt just writing this down i'm hurt my main man pots and pans you're gonna let this come between us hell in a cell not like this <laughs> Not uh, like this. I, the the point you make, the point you make that I can absolutely agree with is nobody goes back to watch the Triple H Batista one. You don't see, you know, gifs or memes for for that. You don't, you know, Jim Ross on the call probably wasn't as impressive as he was during Undertaker Mankind. So for all those reasons, I guess I'll deal with it. <laughs> I have no other choice, honestly. <laughs> But look, I applaud Batista Triple H for getting this far. Honestly, I didn't think it would get this far. <laughs> I would have picked Triple H. Undertaker, yeah, that's you're getting, your, you're getting your revenge on that one. <laughs> for real, because y'all sold me, both sold me down the river on that one. How y'all not, not pick Triple H and Undertaker over that? But that's okay. That's neither here nor there. No hard hey, feelings. Hey, you say over that like it was a bad thing, like a bad match, like over that. Not, but like Triple H and Undertaker was a classic. I'm just saying. Yeah, so to me, Triple H maybe this Triple H just was it was a good, it was a good match. It, it made the you, bracket. You know, you so know, it was a good match. It, it suffers because it wasn't in HD. Damn it. Oh, okay. I, so <laughs> the, I will say the two championship matches are in HD. <laughs> yeah. I will say if the bracket is reconfigured, I think Triple H and Batista goes further. I think mm. I think on the side that Triple H and Batista is now, we we also like. Unanimously, we all remember that match. We all remember great things about that match. But you're putting a, like you're putting against a juggernaut right there, right? Well, Undertaker I, Mankind is a, is a juggernaut. It just in terms of historical aspect, Mick Foley's career after that match, right? Um, even the idea of like everybody's gonna fall off the cell from here on out, like you know what I mean? Like it kind of set that trend because they knew they had something and they grabbed it, you know. I feel like, well, full disclosure, there are two big juggernauts in this graphic, in this bracket, I should say, obviously. It's the two ones that are in the final. 
yeah. uh, Bad Blood 97, King of the Ring 98. That's the reason why I put them on opposite sides of the bracket. I didn't want them on the same side. If they're going to face each other, they had to go through the whole thing and meet each other in the final. Could you imagine them two facing each other in a semifinal? That would have been horrible. Yeah. Final. Yeah. No, I, so, no, you're absolutely right. You you did it. I think. Listen, I think the bracket is constructed wonderfully. I do. Well, thank you. I appreciate I, that. I I a hundred percent. As a guest star, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I ain't got no thing. Listen, I'm not going to the back. So, um, but I I think I like that match. I just think you can't you can't like. Listen, I want I would love to hear people say otherwise. Like, but I don't think you can you can go against Undertaker mankind. Just don't think you can do it. I'm just saying, regardless of what side of the bracket or how the bracket was configured, it was eventually going to run into yeah. Triple H Undertaker or Triple H Mankind because they were going to be on opposite sides. I couldn't put them on the same mm-hmm. side of the bracket. No, 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 you're absolutely so, yeah. Or Triple H and Batista. How about that? Right. What I'm saying, like, <laughs> I had to put them on opposite sides and see if somebody could knock it off on their way to the final. But these are the, definitely the two most memorable. I think one and Undertaker Mankind. Let's just talk about the final right now. We got Undertaker Mankind versus Triple H and not Triple H, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. The one match, Mankind and the Undertaker, is like a spectacle, like I said. It is the memeable, gifable, replayable match that of all time. Right? Like I don't know if there's a mat one singular match in history, period, that's replayed. In some capacity, more than this match, whether it's the audio or the visual. On the other side, you got the like wrestling fans classic. Like, if you're a wrestling fan, diehard as we are, this is like your match because it's got the story, it's got the nuances, and then the finish. They don't do over the top stuff, but they do just enough. This brutality. There's a lot going on, and it's the masterful work of Shawn Michaels in his prime, and Undertaker as well in his prime. So there's like two almost dichotomies, two little, you know, just it's a lot going on here. I think different, you know, d- depends on your philosophy and how you enjoy matches. I think. Um. So it's very interesting these two matches going against each other, but I'm going to start with you, Sawyer. Thank you. Which one is the one? Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Mankind. Either way, Undertaker's going to win, apparently. So, <laughs> but, he'll, get, he'll get a Slammy Award in the mail. Right. Um, so I am going to go with Undertaker. See, I keep going suspense. And yep. HBK. Mm. And HBK. Um, again, spectacle. Mankind Undertaker, spectacle. Uh, iconic match. Uh, always replayed. Story-wise, I think I like the uh, I like HBK and Undertaker. I also like the fact that the way HBK ended the match, like he was in a pool of his own blood, and he draped his arm over him, and then they had to carry my man out, right? Also, even the other the other spot in the cage where remember HBK falls through the cage because he's hanging on the cage, and Undertaker gave gave him a look, looked at his hands, and just stepped on his fingers and he fell, right? Yep. I, I remember all that stuff, and I think that what it begot, right? It, it I mean it pushed it put pushed mankind to championship. Yes, made him a superstar. 
But I think you there was so much more created from Kane being there, ripping off the cage, right? Under uh, HBK looking like he is dead to the world, getting carried out of it. I think that is the better match of those two. Now, again, if you like spectacles, you like car crashes, some, some people like to watch car crashes on YouTube. Mankind Undertaker is a car crash, right? But I think overall as a match, I think Man, uh, Undertaker, HBK is the one that gives me that pick. Nick? All right. For all the reasons that we've gone through so far this podcast, um, I don't think we could have had a, a better final, uh, honestly. Uh, yeah, I prefer Triple H to Batista to Undertaker versus Mankind, but um, the final is probably the most epic final you could have. And uh, both matches, great. Uh, man, 1997, seeing that cell was something. You know, the Attitude Era starting uh, to take off. Shawn Michaels as a heel. Uh, man, just everything about that match, that, you know, blade job, and then, like Sawyer said, going through the table. Uh, I remember everything on commentary. I remember... Undertaker grating Sean's head on the top of the cell and the blood getting on the camera and then the cameraman going, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, just absolutely epic. Uh, Undertaker Mankind, I think we've talked about how great that is. All the reasons why. Um, it's not just lip service. But those two, I gotta go. Everything considered. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Wow! So it it's over. It's we over. We have crowned a winner, okay. but I will vote. You know, for posterity, I I agree. It's unanimous. It's Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. That is the quintessential Hell in a Cell match. If you want to watch Hell one Hell in a Cell match, uh, maybe if you want to get more context, and I think context is so important with this match. Because the story going in, I know they probably put together a banging video package leading in, but I will also recommend watching their match they had the month before. What was that breakdown? Yeah, ground Zero, where they just fought each other for like two hours all over the arena. <laughs> so you can get it like a just a glimpse of how much they hate, you know, the characters hate each other, right? And then going into this, it's just the story. The match itself was just expertly done. <laughs> yeah, Vince McMahon apologizing to the cameraman's family. That was funny. <laughs> um, and then WWF, what they would do back in the day, they don't do it a lot now or ever now. They the finish sparred, spurred more to come where Shawn Michaels got his win, barely, but he got it. So now he moves on to Bret Hart for the WWF Championship. We all know what happened there at Survivor Series. But, of course, with Kane coming out and ripping off the door and costing Undertaker this match, you know what this is going to lead to. And even though you have the, the, the epic climax of one feud between The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, you're, like, in an instant looking forward to what's going to happen next. And I think that it's not just a masterful Hell in a Cell match. It was a masterful match overall. And how WWF told that story, and it led right into another story. 
and it was great and pretty much perfect. I mean, like, Hell in a Cell matches, like I said, we've seen bigger spots since then with the Mankind one and, you know, even Shane McMahon and Dean Ambrose and guys falling off, you know, to sell and whatnot. But to me, it's about that story. It's about that, that heat, that tension, and the brutality. And you felt it. And it was perfect. Shawn Michaels was just the smaller guy. He shouldn't be able to beat up Undertaker in a cage. He didn't. His <laughs> Undertaker's little brother came down and killed him for him. And then he's bloody and battered and barely gets to win. So there's more heat on Shawn. It was just, it was incredible. It was incredible. And like I said, if you're going to watch one Hell in a Cell match, watch this one. Triple H. No, I keep saying Triple H. Shawn Michaels. And the Undertaker from Bad Blood, 1997. It's it's a historic night for many reasons. First Hell in a Cell, the debut of Kane. Uh, just can't say enough about it. So that is your winner. The best Hell in a Cell match of all time. Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Bad Blood, 1997. Mm. Around this time, 23 years ago. So congratulations to How? that match. How often do you see in pro wrestling a gimmick match, the very first one that holds up the test of time like this one? Man, not very many. Like the first ladder match was not the best ladder match ever. The first steel cage match was not the best steel cage match ever. Uh, you know, it's the first war games was not the best war games ever. So it's just crazy to think that something in the middle of, you know, WWF's downtime really against WCW and me starting to watch WCW more they had the very best Hell in a Cell match it's crazy to think about and if you just if you expand upon it as far as cage matches period if you include let's say regular cage matches or war games or even elimination chambers um this is up there (laughs) yeah if you just talk about pure cage matches all of them all types of cage matches, even like lethal lockdowns and all that nonsense they'll have in TNA sometimes, the, the Thunderdome or whatever, the, the Battle Dome, whatever they would have in, in Impact. Um, this is still one of the best, period. Like, it's high on the, the steel cage list as well, if it's if not number one. So, uh, that's our bracket, though. That's, that's it. We have crowned a winner. And it's time to wrap it all up here for episode 257 of the Straight Shooters. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up here, gentlemen? No, not for me. Uh, I will say, I will add this to it. Remember, the, the craziest thing about the end of that match was not only the fact that all this happened, but then Taker still wouldn't fight him. Yeah. For like a good month or so, like he was like, I'm not fighting my brother. And he just kept messing with the Undertaker. Yeah. I'm not fighting my brother. And it was like, you were, they built it up so much. Yeah, finally. Like, like, I don't know. I, 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 good. Yeah. I was going to say, finally, uh, like two months later, Undertaker stopped Kane from hitting him. And then every, yeah. like the whole crowd was like, yeah, finally. Yeah. And then, you know, he just. Walked away. It's like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> I just remember every, stuff, every, everything about that story, you know, like yeah, a Royal Rumble. It looked like they were coming back together. And I, I I didn't think it made sense to begin with. 
Uh, and then, you know, he set the casket on fire. It was the first time we really saw that. Uh, that was incredible. I remember, and I was still like, oh, my God. Like, I, I didn't realize the Undertaker could get out of the casket. I was like, what the hell? Like, how, how's he breathing in there? Like, is he burning? Like, you know, I didn't know. And, uh, you know, months late, like a month later, he comes back with the same casket, the lightning bolt, and then he's back. Like, that, why don't we see stuff like that anymore? Oh, it's great. <laughs> Honestly, it's incredible stuff. It was great stuff. So, there you have it. Yeah, it all started with that Hell in a Cell match. And it's still the best. Mm-hmm. 23 years later. Well, let's wrap yeah. it up here for episode 257. So, Nick, take yes. us out with some plugs, please. You can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. Follow me at Nick Pacone on Twitter. Shooters Radio is at on Facebook at facebook.com slash shooters radio. And you can find this podcast and my writing and other sports stuff at phillyinfluencer.com and phillyvoice.com. Well, I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. Uh, before we dig into more of this, I want to thank the good brother Sawyer for joining us tonight, taking part in this bracket. It's always good to have you on and have your expertise when it comes to pro wrestling as well. Uh, so thanks again for joining us. Um, greatly appreciate it. Um, also, I'm, like I said, at Von M. Johnson on Twitter. If you can't find me on there, you can probably find me out here in these streets, but not, of course not that much because obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic here. But uh, check me out. Some of my writing will be on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Go Birds. And check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash shootersradio. As I said earlier, we are taking requests <clears throat> for our deep dive so obviously we will we'll make our own decisions on what deep dives we'll do but if you have a wrestling related piece of content that you want us to cover and dive deep into hit us up patreon.com slash shooters radio and we will do it we will fulfill your request but until next time for nick bacone and the good brother sawyer i'm vaughn johnson and thanks for listening to episode 257 of the straight shooters and we'll catch y'all again next week for Halloween Havoc.